All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Blueprint Leadership Podcast. I'm Kay Wright, your 18th Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, and I want to say thank you for joining us. Our guest today is a good personal, a close personal friend and colleague. He is the Command Senior Enlisted Leader for uh, NSA and Cyber Command. And, uh, you know, he was, I'll I'll say he is uh, the very first uh, uh, Command Senior Enlisted Leader to reach out to me uh, surprisingly, uh, when I got the job as the Chief Master in the Air Force, and so subsequently, uh, he was a DIA SEL at the time, and that was the first place I went to. But like I said, now he is the uh, SEL for NSA Cybercom Master Gunnery Sergeant Scott Stalker. Awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me today, brother. Um, you know, to to be invited from my own service is always nice, but for the, uh, another service to invite me to do this, what an honor. I'm really looking forward to it. So thank you. Yeah, man. No, thank you. You've been a friend to, to all of us, certainly to the Air Force. And, and I want to say thank you for all that you've done, uh, not just as, uh, you know, a, as a colleague, but, but as a friend as well. So, hey, why don't we start with, uh, you know, tell us about your journey, man. You, you know, so first and foremost, a uh, little bit, little bit different that you're a master gunnery sergeant in the in the Marine Corps, but but how did you get to be in this in this senior leadership role? I mean, what's your journey been like? Right. So, um, I'll, let me know how far back you want to go. But uh, I was born in New Hampshire mm-hmm. and uh, grew up there. My father was in the army. We moved to California, and uh, academics was something that came fairly simple to me. Um, which is both a good and a bad. (laughs) The bad part of it was I did not develop a work ethic. And so I was able to breeze through. I actually uh, struck an agreement with my principal uh, at high school and said, hey, how about I take this work home and I'll finish early. And so I was able to finish school a year early and go to the Corps when I was 17. Wanted to do nothing but go into infantry. I signed up to be an 03 uh, infantryman. um, And then they give you these interesting tests. Um, And as I say, I was sober that day, so I did well. (laughs) And, uh, and so they said, Hey, we're going to sell you on this Intel thing. And and it sounded good. I thought I was going to be the next James Bond. Um, and so for, for, uh, a long time, I, uh, was, was prepped to do that. The bad part, as I alluded to earlier was, uh, the lack of work ethic. And so, Mm um, what's interesting in, in, in our business is we kind of get to edit our bio. Uh, usually we don't put the the negatives in there. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to Intel school, um, I didn't try at all. I, I figured I easily can breeze through things. These are simple. And so I graduated dead last. Mm. I was 30th of 30. And wow. yeah, so I, uh, I checked in, so I didn't get to select my, what unit I went to. I didn't get an opportunity to um, pick what I was going to do next. And I wanted to deploy. And I went to a unit in North Carolina that was not going to go anywhere short of all out war. Luckily, I, I was, uh, and to this day, I'm still mentored by this gentleman, uh, Bob Howard. He sat me down and he said, listen, this is the path you're on. Um, but this is how you can get to where you want to go. And, uh, and I just quickly changed my pattern of life. And so started being the first guy in, in the office every day, reading, get ahead. Uh, and then suddenly luck happened. It's, it started, things started happening. Uh, it's amazing how preparation leads to luck. An individual hurts his ankle. And next thing you know, I find myself deployed. Um, so I got to do that in, in a various amount of joint billets from there. And then, uh, I think in 2010, when I had just pinned on Master Gunny, um, life changed and, and we get into this, this technical and leadership position. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had the opportunity, I was serving in uh, special operations at the time, and uh, I'm briefing uh, General Stewart, one star at the time, and it went well. It went well because I was the subject matter expert on this particular thing, and we were creating a special operations MOS. 
we developed that relationship and and then you know a few years later he got selected to be the the director of the defense intelligence agency and um i was told in no short terms by the sergeant major marine corps put a package in which in our culture is not ever how it's done mm-hmm. and it, it's just it's just not roger that i put a package in and um john stewart selected me yeah and you know i thought okay great i'm going to do this for three years 22 months later the same sergeant major of the marine corps ron green calls me and says you're going to be the nominee for this position and so um did like most of us do um and my number one thing is just prepare and, and be your best version of you um and i always try to focus on those fundamentals those basic things uh prep for the interview and i got a call and, and it was odd you know imagine you're on leave with your wife and the director of the national security agency calls you know and and hey this is the director of the national security agency i need to speak to you i'm like oh my god <laughs> Uh, but he told me he, give, he he wanted to bring me on board. And I asked him why later. And he said, you know, Master Guns, the, the interview process um, is a formality. Yeah. It really is how you interviewed through your career, your reputation that you build. You just, you define your last name. And so that allowed me to get here. Um, it's it's a culture shock in my service in many ways. Uh, there may even be some people that don't, don't uh, like it. I could care less, to be yeah, frank. Yeah. I'm just going to execute and be the best version of me. So that's yeah. that's kind of how I got into this. You know what? I want to come back to that, but I want to, the this whole Master Guns versus Sergeant Major thing that you guys have going in the Marine Corps, by, by the way, which, you know, I want to get some advice from you on something that I've been thinking about for the yeah. Air Force. Uh, but but earlier on, you said something about, uh, and then I got lucky. And uh, so I certainly don't necessarily believe in, in luck, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of a believer that everything happens for a reason. You know, the the uh, wise old turtle in Kung Fu Panda said, you know, there are no mistakes. And, yeah. And certainly it's not a mistake that you made it here. But but I also I've also heard people say, hey, luck is where is a combination of preparation and opportunity. Yeah. And uh, I would say that's um, been the case for you. And, and, and what would you say to young Marines, young service members um, that that? maybe have some chips against them or didn't have a work ethic or that that you were missing initially in terms of, you know, how they might go forward and and achieve their goals. Right. Um, you know, you're exactly right, because what was I was preparing, but I wasn't preparing for something specifically. I just wanted mm-hmm. to be a good intelligence analyst. I mean, mm-hmm. I was a PFC, I was mm-hmm. a E2. Um, and, and where the luck came in was um, because I had developed a reputation and my gunnery sergeant knew that, hey, Stalker's showing me something here. He's performing. And then an individual got injured. Um, a few months later, I found myself on the streets of uh, Afgoye Road in Somalia. Hmm. And that was in 94. And um, that was a great opportunity for me. And so what I tell people all the time is, um, and we just had General Powell visit um, last week. And he said, listen, don't try to mimic my career. Hmm. Because you're not gonna, it's not gonna work out. And the same thing with me is, um, the path was jaggedy and, and, and all over the place. Wherever I was sent, um, I just tried to, to to really change the culture of that organization, do the, perform as well as I could. Um, and I tell people all the time when they have an option, seek the hardest option. That's how you're gonna grow. Um, if there's any airmen listening today, I, I would say, you know, what are the, the the units that are struggling the most? You should be volunteering to go there. You, you, you change that culture instead of, instead of looking at the culture and say that they're, they're all messed up. I want to go to the shiny object. That's easy. You can't grow from that. And I, and I sometimes use the powerlifting analogy. Um, you know, we can go to the gym and lift the bar. Mm-hmm. 
we can go do that again tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And I'm going to be really good at lifting the bar. But until I introduce stress and, and, and hard work, and that's how you're going to grow. And it's the same thing for, uh, for the positions we're in. I'm no, you know, someone would say you're lucky. No, no, no. You worked hard to get here too. Yeah. Well, you know, you're a big dude, man. I'm a little dude, so I'm going to just keep <laughs> lifting the bar. You can put the weights on. I'll, I'll keep lifting the bar. Um, hey, I, I'm also intrigued by um, – I'm going to ask you to describe your leadership style, and but before that I want to just kind of tell you how I, how I see it. Um, like I mentioned in the intro, you know, you reached out to me when I got selected to be the job. We had never met met before right. but uh you sent me a nice nice note inviting me to come over to dia and, and then i i went over and then subsequently you invited not just me but other air force leaders and other senior leaders across the air force you were always hosting these very informative um sessions for us to learn about what was happening in the world and then you've done the same thing at nsa cybercom and then from a personal standpoint you know um uh, it, I would say about once every two weeks, I get a text message from you. Sometimes it's just a checkup. Uh, sometimes it's informing me about uh, an airman that might be in your formation, but is ultimately an airman. And uh, as well as inviting me over to your house. Yeah. And I've been to your house and had some drinks and, and, and had a good time. I, man, I just think that is so important uh, as a leader to have that level of engagement and outreach and relationship building. And And I'll just say this to you. It feels authentic, right? Um, I, I've had senior leaders that 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 go through all that type of stuff, but it feels fake, yeah. You know, and it and it feels authentic, and and I see you not just as as an important colleague and what we do for the for the service, but but certainly as a friend. How would you describe your your leadership style? Well, first, uh, thank you for that. I I I think um, the the thing I try to reflect on is that I have to live the example. Um, and so whether you were to come to my house, uh, at two 30 in the morning, um, and I would say, what the heck you doing here <laughs> or, or, or right now, um, I I'm just, I'm Scott, you know, and, yeah. and, and I am a master gunner sergeant, but I'm Scott. And so just being authentic to who you are, I think too often people try to be, you know, uh, let me, I need to be like the chief master on the air force, chief, right. Or, or stalker, just, just be authentic to you. And, uh, and that hard work. And, and, and that it, it comes there for me personally, I'm not interested. I mean, I don't know what you could short of giving me a, a nice bottle of bourbon or something. Um, you know, there's nothing to receive out of it, but I am, I am genuinely interested in your success and everyone in this room's success and doing well, because, uh, I'm all in this. And, uh, you know, the chairman, when he came and spoke to us a few months back, he said something about preserving great power peace. Mm -hmm. Um, we're not going to get there if we're all trying to be our own silos of excellence and trying to pull the rope in a different manner. And so I, I, I do try to be genuine with these. And, and, you know, there's a lot we're doing in the cyber domain in, at the agency. And, and when I was at DIA, there's an awful lot. And, and I know how your job is, is pulling you into uh, the man train and equip and a lot of other things you're doing. And if there's an opportunity for you to just see not just what your airmen are doing, but what the joint force is doing, I think that, we take advantage of that, and it makes you a better version of you. Um, and and I get I get some airmen that are excited to see you, and and why not? It's a win win. So uh, I'm going to keep doing that. That's that's what I like to do. You know, I saw the SEAC just before you, and and mentioned we're going to get him up at some point. Um, take advantage of that when you can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I I appreciate it. Yeah. Let's go back to um, 
this master master guns mm. um and sergeant major i won't say versus sergeant sergeant major yeah. um so man what you're doing is unheralded right this is i i don't i don't know that I, and i can't say for sure but that a master gunnery sergeant in the Marine Corps has ever held a position certainly uh, as high and as important as the one that that you're in. And it took a little bit of you broke some glass to be able to get to get to this position. Now, to most of us outside of the Marine Corps, shit, we don't we don't know. We don't I mean, we we vaguely know that there are two tracks in the Marine Corps, yeah. but um, and it's not that big of a deal. It's probably a big deal to most people within the Marine Corps. I, I would just say <clears throat> amongst all of the service uh, senior enlisted leaders and the combatant command senior enlisted leaders and all of the uh, combat support agencies, senior, like the most senior people in the right. in the in the military, you're one of the most respected dudes at the table as when we all come together and not just when we're together, but you know, when we have discussions and, and when we need to reach out and all this, this other stuff, tell me about this whole master guns, Sergeant major. Yeah. It's uh so it, uh, you're right. Uh, the, and so let me tell you the four stars could care less. Yeah. The, uh, the other services, uh, depending on, on where I'm going, you know, sometimes it, it you, you, you you can get a very big head in, mm-hmm. in some of these positions. And one of the things I've, I've tried to do is uh, you're an old school football player uh, fan, uh, Barry Sanders. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a Patriots fan, but I will tell you what I loved about Barry Sanders is his, his, te- his touchdown celebration. He handed the ball to the ref. Mm-hmm. He acted like he'd been there before. And so I try to carry myself and, and I get a lot of accolades and I'll tell you, come November when it's Marine Corps ball season, I get more invites than I can do events. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm honored but I can't allow that to, to get to my head. Um, I think the shame in this will be, though, is is I don't mind being the first, but if I'm the last. Yeah. Because we got a lot of smart, talented master gunnery sergeants in the Marine Corps. Uh, we got a lot of talent spread across the joint force. What General Stewart uh, gave me was the opportunity. And I find it ironic that it was a black gentleman from, uh, from Jamaica mm-hmm. that gave me uh, my opportunity, but him and I remain close friends. I was texting with him last night yeah. and, and picking on him about his beard, but it's, it's getting that opportunity. And, and like I said, uh, all your airmen that are in the formations today, they're, they're, they're defining their last name. They're mm-hmm. developing their reputation. They're interviewing for your job, like it or not. And at some point, the chief of staff of the air force is going to show you a list of names. that's going to be looked at. And, and you may not select that person, but there may be one or two you say, Hey, I would, I would stay away from that person. Yeah. Um, so the technical track is. Yeah. Uh, so let's start. Let's yeah. let's to go back a little Please. bit and and for you know uh, airmen or other folks who may not understand that there are two kind of leadership tracks in yeah. the in the Marine Corps. Just kind of you know real quick explain that okay. this whole thing. Yeah. So at Gunnery Sergeant, uh, your fitness report you you put an F on it or an M, not not female or male, but you put it, whether you're going to go the first sergeant route or the mass sergeant route. So Gunnery Sergeant is E seven in the Marine Corps. E seven. Right? So okay. mass sergeant for you. Um, and whatever you're selected for at that point, that is what you are forever. You mm-hmm. will never cross over. Um, I've had per- people ask me all the time, Hey, when are you going to pin on Sergeant major? It doesn't go that way. Right. Um, nor do I need to. Um, so you either stay in your MOS, your AFS, or you stay, um, and you go the leadership route, admin leadership type route. We did that. Um, we started that, I believe in 1948 because of, uh, we went from E7 to E8 and E9 and we created these positions, um, but initially, the, the the master guns was at operations chief, 
And that's how that was developed. And then the sergeant major was doing more administrative things. So once you're a first sergeant, your only option is, is to be a sergeant major if you get selected and master sergeant goes the master gunnery sergeant route, stays within the MOS, um, doesn't perform command type positions. Um, but, you know, the nature of war is changing and the, and the nature of how we conduct operations is changing. And, and I think there are some domains, special operations, you need a little bit of credibility, you need a little bit of subject matter expertise. And I don't know many people that can get dropped into Fort Meade um, and start speaking this cyber and SIGINT language without some background there. Um, and I, th I think that's just going to be more and more, we're going to have to look at that. And, and space is another one. My goodness, um, you know, you show up to there on day one to lead that organization, you're going to struggle. Yeah. yeah. So we we have a, a lot of airmen that have been asking us in the Air Force for warrant officers. Yeah. And I don't know that they just want to be a warrant officer, but I, what I think they're asking for is they want to continue beyond E6 doing the thing that they love, being a, yeah. a, a cyber warrior, you know, um, being a maintainer or a contracting officer or, or whatever it is. And and we explored the warrant officer thing and we just kind of concluded that, hey, this is not going to work. We're not going to bring warrant officers back to the Air Force. Yeah. But then I started looking at, hey, w well, maybe we should do like the Marine Corps. I, I'm, I'm kind of looking for your advice and opinion on whether we in the Air Force should should have a dual track like you guys have in the Marine Corps. So it's interesting because uh, there are some in my service who are saying, hey, do we need to bring it back to how it was in the past? Um, my thoughts, and, and they ask me about the Air Force Warrant Officer a lot as well. Um, first, what are you solving? What yeah. problem are you trying to solve? What I would offer to you is the Air Force has really sharp technical experts. Um, what I think the services should consider is, is opportunities to actually do your job at a certain rank. And so mm -hmm. what I mean by that is, is my last exec was a Persian, Persian Farsi linguist. But at E7, he wasn't actually doing that anymore. He was more managing the field. And so I think we've got to look at opportunities um, to have those subject matter experts doing the actual work and then, and then a potential leadership. Maybe that's a dual track. I'm, I'm not sure. But there, it, it seems like to me an awful lost, lot of wasted investment, if you look at it from a business model, mm -hmm. to invest language, to invest coding and all these schools and dollars into yeah. someone. And then it, they, they touch a rank. Hey, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, if, if I had not done this, I would certainly still be doing intelligence um, and, and all my peers are still doing that. And so it, it's, it's, it works. Um, and, and, you know, what I would offer to you is, is where I think you need to have uh, a difference is, is, is a flexibility and opportunity uh, yeah. because you have, and, and we know who these, these individuals are, men and women, uh, exceptional subject matter experts that would also make good command chiefs. And vice versa. Yeah. And and if if you can't put it on and take it back off, um, similar to like the Army, you, you sometimes lose that. You lose the incentive and the desire to, to stay in. And, and there's sometimes, you know, you get a good command chief, maybe they need a break. Mm -hmm. And, okay, we're going to put you here in the A2 for a couple years. And Not that it's a break, but it's a different opportunity. Uh, so flexibility is is key to that, I think. Yeah, no, that's that's great advice, man. We'll keep we'll keep exploring it. We got a team of of folks that's been looking at it, and um, I definitely appreciate the uh, Chief Master Gunnery Sergeant of the Air Force. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Heard it here first. Breaking news. We've been struggling with suicide, and we we've been talking a lot about resilience in the Air Force, amongst the many things that you and I have. Uh, partnered and consulted each other on is is this topic 
um, because of some of our our airmen and and some of your in the NSA Cybercom do- yeah. domain and and having dealt with not just ideations but but uh, you know completed suicides and stuff. What's your take on all this and and what what should or could we be doing differently? Yeah, I so I, I think uh, it, first off, it's heartbreaking, and it's happened to a, a family member of mine as well. And uh, it's, I think, I think, listen, we're doing the things we need to do. Um, we're going to have to have policy. The chief of staff of the Air Force, the SecDef, and, and those senior leaders, and, and we as in, as leaders as well, have to have to discuss this. But we have to create a culture and an environment where an E one E two have the moral courage to act. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way you can see the entire Air Force, I can see the entire command and agency, um, but I, I need I need people to to act. And when they see things, have the moral courage to step aside and say, "Hey, you know, I don't know. The chief's not looking right, or, or the master guns, or whoever." Uh, that's how we're going to solve this with a proactive approach, not sitting back and waiting for it to come to us. We've got to get aggressive as a, as war fighters, mm-hmm. and we got to take the fight to suicide um, and see what we can do proactively. And then, uh, you know, when we have those toxic leaders or those leaders who um, brush this off, uh, we've got to engage with them directly mm-hmm. um, because I think they set the environment. You know, I've always said, uh, you know, I, I genuinely say I thank God I get to go to work. I, I enjoy this opportunity, not I have to go to work. And, mm-hmm. and if you ever wake up and, and think, you know, man, I got to do this again, it's probably time to look for something else. And so I, I just I'm always a believer in, in the aggressive approach tackle it head on uh let's punch it in the face and um maybe that's not the perfect analogy but you, you know what i mean L- yeah. let, let's let's set the conditions where we have leaders it's a good analogy you, yeah. you are you still yeah. a marine man so i'm a marine i love yeah. to hit things and uh <laughs> um, i'm somewhat good at it yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely absolutely yeah. it's it's tough you know uh, I, I was just watching something the other night and it was belichick and nick you know bill belichick and nick saban they were talking and i mm-hmm. think i think it was on amazon and uh, it reminded me of something you posted. Bill Belichick gets on the airplane, and he's got all these coaches that are reviewing a loss, and he, they're looking at tape and video and so on and so forth. And he said, what are you idiots doing? This is the basics. We didn't block. We didn't tackle. Yeah. That's what we've got to do with all of these challenges, and we've got to hit this head on. We've got to block and tackle. We've got to set the conditions, empower our leaders, um, get rid of some of this stigma. If anyone's listening, listen, you don't lose your access and clearance for this. You lose your access and clearance for committing a crime, mm-hmm. not for a mental wound, not for a physical wound. Mm-hmm. It's heartbreaking. You know, I've got a, a, an airman, and you know this, I won't mention his name. He's at Walter Reed right now mm-hmm. and going through some things. He is so positive that he has told me, listen, you better have a seat for me because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get fixed and we're going to go back to the fight. And I said, amen, I'm going to have you there. Yeah. I want to I be able to, to, to have that positivity translated throughout the force. Yeah. Um, so we ask a lot of, and we talk a lot about, Hey, how do we help our airmen build resilience and how do we keep them in the fight and how do we help them move through? How do you how do you help yourself? Right. So you you have the you know, the you sit in the catbird seat and you get to see and hear about all these things. And man, being a being a SEL of a a, a major combatant command is man, it's tough. Yeah. Um and and agency to the, the NSA. Like, how do you keep yourself sane? How do you keep yourself, you know, strong and resilient and able to to get through every day? Yeah, so a few things. Um, I, I I tend to try, I, I really want to elevate what we think of as SELs because I, I've, I've talked in, when I speak to older individuals that have served, 
they they assume that I'm out making sure folks have haircuts and that sort of thing. Um, and I'm really focused on being that hybrid leader who I can walk and talk about the operational environment, mm-hmm. but I also understand the leadership piece very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always had this uh, approach. I call it kind of the Vegas approach to, to life. And and what I mean by that is is uh, in Vegas, there are uh, nice big buildings and, mm-hmm. and there's all these nice casinos. Those exist because people go there and they make bad decisions. And so in life, what I've tried to do is when I, when I see a set of options, I, I tend to go where others aren't going. Mm-hmm. And, and so, for example, uh, resilience. I, I, I look at little things. Take the coronavirus, for example. Um, the advice that I'm hearing is counter to what I do in life. And I haven't been sick in probably 30 years. And so I tend to not believe in always washing your hands. Uh, you need to develop some of, you need to train and strengthen your immune system, your, your antibodies, your, your, all those elements that goes throughout everything. And so I try to prioritize, mm-hmm. um, there's way too many things to do in, in the day. What are those two or three fundamental things? Focus on those. Um, I say I can multitask, but I can't multi-execute. Mm. And so I don't multi-do, but I, I, let's, let's focus on one or two things. And then, um, the SECDEF has told us that his number one priority is readiness. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the case, then physical fitness needs to be during my workday. Yeah. And so I make sure it's on my schedule. I make sure my teammates, um, the mass sergeant, my petty officer, you'll PT during the workday. Mm-hmm. Nothing so important that you can't break away and, and go get a sweat on. So um, that tends to charge me. Mm-hmm. And especially if I can do it in the middle of the day, now I'm strong for the other side because uh, there's an awful lot of evening events. Um, you know, this weekend I've got an event and and I know you're the same way. Um, and if you're not building that resilience, if you're not introducing, like I said, uh, the the germs and allowing your body to be strong when those things happen and hit, um, you're you're going to be weaker. Yeah. So yeah. I think our SG community to medics might have an issue with uh, your your. I'm just telling you, <laughs> I, I, I never get sick. I <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, I'm a believer in uh, allow your you know, I, do I wash my hands? Of course. Do I shower? Yeah, so you're not you're not here with pig pen, but uh, I, I do think that uh, uh, you got you got to train your system a little bit. You yeah, got no, to. I I agree, man. That makes sense. Um, hey, one 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 thing we like to do here on the show is we like to take questions from from the internet, and and sometimes we get them from uh, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, and a few other sources. And so okay. I'm going to turn it over to CMAS Sergeant Harry Kibby, and uh, he's got a few questions. Thank you very much, Chief. Uh, Master Gunner Sergeant Stalker, our questions today are coming from the Reddit community. Uh, a lot of cyber warriors in that community, and uh, they jumped at the chance to get you get your answers to these three questions. Uh, question number one is from someone named Unnamed Warrior. And, oh, uh, no. Unnamed Warrior X, actually, sorry. Uh, they want to know what practices of the USMC cyber training process should we in the Air Force adopt, in your opinion? So the reason I said, oh, no, there was an individual named, the, I think it was a concerned warrior who, concerned warrior, uh, who was yeah. really uh, not happy that I was a master gunny doing this. Um, so, <laughs> right. so first off, thanks for that. Um, let, let me tell you, I, I, I would say that uh, the Air Force model is actually a really good model. And I mean that because if you look at how the percentage of what we retain, the Air Force is, is doing the best in that retention. That is, the, that is the challenge in this. I can bring in a lot of talent. I can recruit uh, when I say I, obviously the services, and they and they provide that talent to Cyber Command, um, where we need to make sure they realize is is the mission they are on, how important it is. And and you know I was I was joking with Chief Lifer the other day. You, you think of Air Force Cyber, how many four stars do they belong to? Seven. 
the chief of staff of the Air Force, ACC, and then five, and then four, uh, excuse me, five other combatant commands to include Cyber Command. That just alone tells you how important they are. And oh, by the way, they're focused on our number one mission, which is election security. Um, focus on the mission. We're keeping in the talent. Um, if you look at the attrition rates from the schools, you're always at the top is in terms of the best there. So uh, I, the only thing, if I were to offer a point, would be there has to be a warfighter mindset to this. We're not doing this for the sake of doing this. We're doing this in order to, to provide outcomes to leaders. Awesome. Thank you very much. Um, Captain Morale asks what, and I think maybe Captain Morale has the wrong impression about you. You're not an older gentleman. Uh, but Captain Morale <laughs> wants to know, what should a military leader focus on once they've entered the back nine? Okay, that's, that's a really good conversation. It's interesting. I just had that discussion with our former Commandant General Neller. We were at Keystone together um, a couple weeks ago. And he mentioned that he had uh, probably not done it the right way. I think there's a lot of things. One, at some point, we're all going to get out. We're either going to retire, we're going to do four years, uh, we're going to do 40 years in the, in the case of Chief Wright. Um, or <laughs> 32. 32. <laughs> um, or, or, you know, so there's a few things. One, you've got to take care of your health. And the way you train as an older gentleman, and, uh, you know, I appreciate the captain saying that, but uh, I think I'm 45 now. I don't really keep track anymore. Um, the, the, the way you do that is not the same way you train as an 18-year-old. Um, the way you rest and recuperate. So um, I'm an individual who enjoys powerlifting. I'm going to try to compete one more time. And my wife uh, has, has done this as well. We're not in there for two, three hours a day. You get in there real quick. You break down the muscle fibers, and then you refuel, you rest. And so I focus really hard um, on my rest. I, I really, really do. And there's a, there's a point of time where um, it's, it's and short of the boss calling me or someone, I'm, I'm, I'm out. Don't le let me be. Um, be mindful of that time. And don't halfway rest. So you see people, they got their phones or, or that's something, you know, be present in the, in the sleep. And then, and then refueling. Um, this gets to the earlier point about, you know, washing your hands all the time. When was the last time you went to medical and they, and they prescribed you an orange and a, and a long walk? You've got, those are the things that are going to keep you going in this game is, is, is good food. Um, and then not, don't take it so serious. Right. And that's hard for me because I do, I am a little serious in this game. Um, uh, but Hey, laugh a little bit, enjoy yourself. Um, you know, you, you, this, this is, this is hard enough as it is. Don't take yourself so serious. Do not read your own headlines. Do not read your own headlines. You know, enough people tell me how amazing I am. I'm going to try to keep the Barry Sanders approach. There you go. Yeah. All right. So um, speaking more about that is uh, since you like to bring the germs into your system, do you have a five-second or a five-minute rule? Food drops on the floor, you're going to pick it up right away and eat it? <laughs> I'll eat anything once. I, I was in Mongolia, and I had a dehydrated yak milk curd. Oh, wow. And uh, I was with the boss, and he said, I'm not trying that. So I tried it. Um, I'll try anything once, uh, food-wise, and um, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't maybe don't follow my philosophy. You may have to edit that piece on it. I'm just, just telling you what it. works. I'm it's just telling you it. what works. Yeah. Okay. Our our last question for you, Master Gunner Sergeant, is from Red October Standing, and they would like to know uh, with the way the military is going with innovation and open sourcing some data, will there ever be a leniency on installing hardware or software? That's a cyber question. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, uh, I think there's always going to have, listen, there's, uh, those rules exist for plugging things in because uh, there are vulnerabilities. There's always going to be a, a, a need for policy and those types of things to protect 
our our environment. Um, the adversary, to to get a little bit down the cyber lane, um, understands that it's easiest to get in through weak weak areas. And so, again, back to the fundamentals, those basics. Cyber hygiene is 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 just the basics. Don't click on the link. Have a strong password. Do those basic things, and then a lot of the other things that we have to do, we don't have to focus on. We don't have to spend resources and effort doing so. Um, I don't see a world where we're going to get away from from that. I don't know specifically what he's getting at. Um, I live in a very good world. I don't have my phone with me ever. I can't bring it into the building, and so I'm not doing a lot of those things. And then obviously when I'm sleeping, I don't play with it as well. Um, and so the answer is no. I don't. I don't see a time that we're just going to be able to bring our own stuff in and plug and play, especially in in certain areas where you have classified. Awesome. Thank yeah. you very much. No for good reason. Yeah. All right. If uh, you guys want to get an answer. Uh, or answer to some of your questions, you can always reach us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Thank you very much. And back to you, Chief Wright. Yeah. Thanks, Harry. You mentioned then during, uh, I think it was a second answer, not to take yourself too too serious, not to take yourself too serious. What do you do for fun, man? Well, I would love to golf more. Um, and um, we're going to play some point and yeah. maybe when we're old retired men, but <laughs> Um, I genuinely love that. I, there's nothing more fun than getting out, um, making sure the phones are away, and and just playing and and being Scott Stalker with with guys that know me as Scott and the, and, and that sort of thing. Um, when my my so my wife's pregnant now, I I, I started you know uh, a later uh, marriage which, which worked great for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what I really enjoyed was lifting with her because uh, again she was a competitive power lifter. She owns a couple state records. Um, and her photos in this uh, Hall of Fame here in the building still. Mm. Um, so I love lifting with her because she's one of the few people who will look me in the eye and say, "Hey, no, 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 you didn't, you didn't give it all." I can tell. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, you know, I, I get home fairly late usually when my daughter runs up and and sees me. She can't talk yet. She's 13 months uh, or 14 months now. Um, that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And so those little things, um, you know, I don't, I don't need to to be going out and partying like I did back in the day. I just, uh, those, those little things, I enjoy it. Yeah. Nice yeah. man. Yeah. Um, what about you? You are, uh, I thought I was an avid reader and consumer of, uh, world and leadership material. Um, uh, I, I would say, uh, man, you, you are like you, you're the gold standard when it <laughs> comes to reading and learning and not just that, but sharing. Uh, yeah. I think I get a book recommendation from you about uh, once a month or, or so. All, always really, really good stuff that stretches me because yeah. you always recommend stuff to me that I think you probably know the, the stuff that I'm reading, the Simon Sinek's and the leadership yeah. development. But uh, most of your recommendations are kind of in the, the, the world, the, you know, economics and politics and, and, and war fighting stuff. So really good stuff that stretches me. Uh, what are you reading right now? And what, what, what have you always been this way? I know you said you were good at education, but no, I wasn't always this way. Um, because I didn't need to be. And, Mm -hmm. and uh, for whatever reason, um, school, like I said, was, was simple. Uh, but, but I knew I needed to change. And, And you and I talked about a book and, and, uh, I think sometimes I get a funny look for recommending this book. Uh, but the autobiography of Malcolm X, mm-hmm. you, you take an individual who um, whose father was probably murdered by the KKK, mm-hmm. um, who grew up and his mother had the, her kids taken from her from the state. Um, so by all methods and means, had a horrible deck of cards played against him and started trending down the wrong way. He decided to make a change in life um, and became an influential leader, someone today um, and, and to the point that he became such an influential leader, uh, 
um, the individuals that brought him into that network uh, took his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, reading to me is is a matter of again prioritization. I have an, I have the great opportunity to sit in DC traffic, and it's beautiful. <laughs> if you never had the opportunity, give it a try. But what it does give you is you're a captured audience. You're in that vehicle, right? Um, and so I can I can bitch and complain about that, or I can say let's let's do some reading. And uh, I just finished up a, a book, uh, Prisoner's Geography, um, which which laid out in ten really clean, easy to read chapters culturally why the world is how it is, why certain pieces of geography are fundamental to our defense and that sort of thing. And, and it's on the list that, that I handed you today. Okay. Um, it's, it's a good read. I, lead, I read a lot of philosophy. The, the book I gave you, um, Epictetus, I just will pull a, a couple of, of chapters and, and read occasionally from him because it gets you, it, it's a mindset. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you know, the mindset could be, man, this sucks. I'm in, I'm in traffic or let me take advantage of this opportunity. I'll, I'll be frank with you. I'm not reading to the level that I'd like right now because I'm full time. This is my last four weeks of a, being a full time grad student, and then mm-hmm. and then uh, I'll only have one class to go. Um, and I'm just trying to pass. I'm trying not pass. I'm trying to power through that. Um, but General Kelly, uh, when he was my mentor in uh, in on Keystone, he he was a voracious reader, and he 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 was always telling me what to read. And and uh, what I have seen is is those individuals that are successful in life. They're usually not spending their their hours sitting on the couch watching television. Mm-hmm. They're 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 professionally developing themselves, and they're not comfortable with where they are. They're they're continuing to try to learn and, and grow. So, it's 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 a big thing to me, and I'm going to continue to do that. Some people uh, will take the recommendations; others won't. I'm always interested in other books that I should be reading as well. I've got more on the list than I can actually get to right now. But mm-hmm. if you have a great recommendation, please send it my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would yeah. say, and and you probably already read this, but uh, Malcolm Gladwell's "Talking to Strangers," man. It's, I have not yet. It's uh, it's fantastic. I yeah. think you'll like it. I heard his his podcast about uh, David and Goliath. Wow, what a perspective. Yeah. If you haven't, you I can't do any justice to it. But anything Malcolm Gladwell writes, mm-hmm. um, I'm absorbing. Yeah, his newest book, "Talking to Strangers," uh, and I would recommend uh, you know to you and anybody that's listening, the audio book is 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 a better option than the, than because he does the, the voice, right? He does the voice, and in this in this particular book, everywhere he can, he uses the actual audio from. So if he's talking okay. about. Audrey Ames, uh, yeah. he uses stuff from there. He talks about Hitler, and he uses some stuff from 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 uh, Great Britain back in the, yeah. in uh, in in the forties and whatnot. So it's 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 really interesting um, concept. But I'll check um, it out. Yeah, I, you know, I always say leaders are learners, and like I said, man, you are you are really setting the pace for a lot of us in the senior leadership realm in, in, in terms of developing ourselves and becoming the best version of who we are in order to take care of all of the service members that we're responsible for. Appreciate so it. I appreciate it. Um, anything you want to pass along to the, to the, to the audience uh, before we, before we wrap up? You know, we talked uh, an awful lot. I think uh, what I would say for, for a, f- a few points is, uh, there are those that are senior enlisted leaders um, and and those that are cheerleaders. Don't, again, it get back, gets back to uh, don't take yourself so serious. Don't be the cheerleader. No, you're not going to be authentic. No one's going to follow you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can just be the best version of you. I think, um, I, so I spent some time with a, a special operations unit uh, a few months ago and visited them. And they're known for just being elite at what they do. And I talked to the commander after, and I said, sir, what makes you guys so special, so amazing? And he said, you know, Master Guns, we're not special. We're, we're not. We're 
brilliant at the basics. Mm. And I think too often we try to get carried away with memorizations of, of Air Force Order X, Y, and Z, O, D, O, D, so on and so forth. Uh, get to the basics, get to the fundamentals. What are you trying to deliver as an outcome? And, and I saw this at Keystone. We would have slides on the, on the board, and, and you almost couldn't understand what they were saying. And, and really what they were saying is conduct a mission. Um, okay, we, we get that, but we tried to overstate mm. the points. Um, I just try to get to the fundamentals and, and the basics on things and not make things so difficult because this this world of warfighting and, and, and cyber especially can confuse the heck out of you uh, if you allow it to. Yeah. And so I think I think uh, that that's the advice I would give everyone. Yeah, I um, one of the most influential and, and one of the, the individuals that really inspired me over the last 20 years or so was Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Who, who we just uh, recently lost. And I posted a thing on Facebook the other day uh, where he, someone made a video of him and, but it was essentially how he said fall in love. The reason that he was so good is because he learned to fall in love with the basics, yeah. you know, the basics of, basketball and, and footwork and whatnot. So um, brilliance in the basics, falling in love with the basics, man. That's that's sound advice. Absolutely. Hey, last thing, <clears throat> yeah. because I think you've done a good job at this. Uh, we currently have four generations in our military, from baby boomers to Gen Xers like you and I, to millennials and then the Gen Zers who are our youngest, youngest service members. And you seem to have done a good job of connecting and being able to understand and connect with all of them. Uh, lots of discussion about this new generation of airmen always asking why and this yeah. and that, you know, what's your, you have an opinion about, uh, our, our youngest airmen that are coming in there in the air service, I'll say service members that are coming in the air force. Yeah, I do. I, I, I find it odd. Um, cause I'll usually hear about this new thing called texting or, or social media. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the reason I'm actually on social media is because of my grandmother. Um, she, she said, Hey Scott, what, I know you're not following me. And I said, Oh my goodness. So, um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Uh, I think we get so wrapped around, uh, those generational things and, and, and whatnot. Um, they they want to serve. They ask to serve, mm -hmm. and and to a point, um, you know, when I came in, we weren't actively at war. Most everyone, probably ninety percent of the folks that are in today, signed up during uh, post nine eleven or or during, and so they bring a patriotism and a pride that I think we should capture, mm. and we should be proud of. Um, I am not a, a revisionist person. I am not interested. Uh, in focusing on the past too much. You, you, you rarely will hear me uh, get into all that. Knowing the history is key. Um, and, and I certainly understand the traditions of the Marine Corps and, and, and all those types of things. Um, but I'm going to take the group that, that you give me um, and, and, the, and the, all the other services, and I want to make them the best team possible, and I want to see them succeed. They may take a different path. Um, and, and allow them to make a couple of mistakes so long as they're not uh, harming others or breaking laws. Um, but, uh, when we try to say, Hey, Sonny, this is how it, it's always done. And this is the only way to do it. We're really, um, smashing the spirit mm -hmm. and we're not allowing them to, 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 to bring their talents. And, you know, listen, at some point you and I are, are going to be finished. And if we haven't given them the opportunity to grow, um, shame on us. Yeah. 
And, and if you think that the only people that can mentor you are those that are senior in rank, well, then you and I are, are screwed, right? So we can just get to SEAC. And so they, they mentor me as well. They do. Yeah. They're really, really sharp individuals. Um, the Marine Corps, just after I finished boot camp, introduced this thing called the Crucible. I didn't go through that. Mm-hmm. That's very, very hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I've got to go back through. I don't know. But So I don't, I don't view the, uh, the, the current generation as softer or weaker. Right. Uh, are they different? Yes. But, but who's not? Right. Who's not? No, that's that's yeah. sound advice, man. And heck, when when we came in, we were, you know, uh, I came out on the 20th of January, 1993. That's the same day President Clinton took office. And the big thing then was a don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. And so I came in and, and I was labeled as as that uh, profanity. Um, and and so I was, you know, this generation. I, so I was this generation before. And I'm, I've done okay. Yeah. We, we've all been there. Yeah. And uh, I, I think uh, I'd certainly appreciate it. I... I, uh, I'm a firm believer in that this generation, we're all different, but, uh, we all just, like you said, man, have something significant to contribute. And we'd be, we, we'd all be better off learning to understand each other better than pointing out differences in, in, you know, you boomers and you, yeah, you, you, uh, young people. So, yeah. Okay. Hey man, that's all the time that we have for today. Yeah. I really want to say, uh, thank you. I definitely appreciate, uh, you know, all that you do and, and your friendship, um, before we go, let me just take a minute to thank a few uh, people who always makes this possible. First and foremost, our very special guest, Master Gunnery Sergeant Scott Stalker. Uh, thanks to all the folks who submitted questions and to our team, Sergeant Walter, Sergeant Brady, Joe Juan, and of course, the big headed PA, Senior Master Sergeant Harry Kibbe. And uh, lastly, thank you to all the future leaders out there who are taking care of our teams. This has been your Blueprint Leadership Podcast. I'm Kay Wright, your 18th Chief Master in the Air Force. And remember, better is possible, good is never enough, and you are your greatest competition.